this evening. Amen. Let's just go to him in prayer before we start. Amen. Heavenly Father, I want to give you thanks this evening, Lord. We want to thank you for, Lord, giving us the opportunity to gather together at your feet, O Lord, and, and to hear from you this evening, Lord. But as we've come, O Lord, we just want to forget about ourselves, O Lord. We want to forget about the day, O Lord. And we just want to concentrate ourselves on you, O Lord. We just want you to minister to us, O Lord. Father, you know every heart this evening, Lord. You know every thought this evening, Lord God. And we just ask that you meet with everyone this evening, Lord. The Father, this service, O Lord, will not be your heavenly Father and man, O Lord, but it will be you on the scene, O Lord. It will be the Holy Ghost, the Father, Lord, and moving in this building and moving in every home, O Lord God. Father, we just want to give ourselves to you. We just want to surrender ourselves to you, Lord. We just want to ask, O Father, you take control, Lord God. Father, you've been in the song service, the Lord, and we thank you for us. And then, Lord, we just ask you that you take the word also, Lord, that you speak to us, the Lord. Father, we thank you for your grace, the Lord. We thank you for your mercies, the Lord. We surrender ourselves to you, Lord. We just ask, may your name be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. Thank you, musicians. Brother Jeff, God bless you. Amen. Amen. I oh, thank the Lord to be here this evening. And Amen. Be uh, sure to enjoy the services on Sunday. God bless you, Brother Ed and Brother Andrew. My, those were some very good services. You know, they might have been for Mother's Day, but it did speak to me. So we sure to thank the Lord for it. Amen. Amen. Uh, we'll turn to a scriptures this this evening. I want to turn to the Book of Acts this evening. Amen. I want to read from Acts chapter four. Acts chapter 4, we want to read, read from verse 23 to 21, amen. Acts chapter 4, verse 23 to 21, as Brother Ed was asked us to speak this, this evening, we are just waiting on the Lord, and there was a certain thought that was on my mind, and so forth, and then one morning I just woke up, and just kind of praying and just seeking the face of the Lord and just opening my Bible and start to speak to me again to this topic that actually we spoke to the young people some, some years back. I think it was, a, it was a branch we had a Saturday and we spoke this to the young people and the Lord brought it back to us to share again. So we, we're trusting in him this evening. Amen. Acts chapter 4, 23 to 31. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they had and when they heard that and when they heard that they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heavens and earth and the sea and all that is in the, all that in them is. Who boy the mate of thy servant David said thy servant has said why did, why did the hatons rage and the people imagine vain tents? The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child, against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold your threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that 
that with all boldness they may speak the word, by stretching forth thine hand to heal, and, and, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. And when they, prayed, they had prayed, the place was shaken, where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. Amen. Amen. We thank the Lord for the reading of the word. You might have your seat. Amen. Amen. This evening, I wanted to speak of a title this evening, and it's threatened, but not shaken. Amen. Threatened, but not shaken. Amen. We believe that we live in, we live in the world is in, is in a, the world is in a pre-tribulation period. Amen. And we can see it all around us. The truly the pre-tribulation period is coming upon the world, and. And as we see a pre-tribulation coming upon the world, that surely tells us that our redemption also is drawing nigh. Amen. You know, Luke could speak about it, you know, just before the coming of the Lord. In Luke 21, 25 to 28, as he was speaking, you know, before the coming of the Lord, the different things that will happen. And Luke was speaking, and he was saying, And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon. And in the stars, and upon the earth, the stress of nation with perplexity, the sea and the waves rolling. And it says, men's heart failing for fear and for looking after the tents which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Amen. And we surely can see that men's heart are truly, uh, uh, men's heart are truly failing for fear because they are looking at the tents that are happening on the earth, and all that can rise in your heart is nothing but fear. Amen. You could continue to say, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and with glory. And when these things begin to these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption. Draw at nigh. Amen. And I believe it is a season that we ought to be looking up because our redemption is drawing nigh. Amen. We can see the men's heart are failing for fear. Amen. They're failing for fear. Why? Because they have done everything that they can do, but they just cannot stand. You see the economy has proven and I've shown it has been shaken and it has proven that it cannot stand. Amen. The government has been shaken and it has proven that it cannot stand. The medical system has been shaken and it has proven that it cannot stand. You see everything has been shaken and it has proven that it cannot stand. But there's one thing that has been shaken but it can now can always stand and that is the word of God. No matter how you shake that word, it will always stand. And I believe that I'm speaking to a people that have been filled with the Holy Ghost and if they are filled with the Holy Ghost then they've got the word of God in them and no matter what happens nothing can shake you amen I believe that they can do whatever they want the world can go on the way it wants but there are people that are not going to be shaken and that is the bride of Christ Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Satan can try all the tricks, but we are not going to be shaken. You know, he can bring all the forces against us, but we are not going to be shaken. He can bring powers and principalities, but nothing is going to shake this bride. Hallelujah. Why is she not going to be shaken? Because she is anchored. She has got an absolute that she is anchored to. Amen. And you know the one thing, the one thing is not that she is anchored, but the one thing is that is the anchor that is holding her. Because if she was holding the 
anchor she may have left loose long ago but because the anchor is holding her even though the sea might be waving even though the sea might be rolling there is something that is holding her that she cannot just move away from her because there is an anchor amen and it was on the day of Pentecost that an anchor was dropped down to the people an anchor was dropped down to the people on the day of Pentecost and men and women were filled with the Holy Ghost they were so much filled with the Holy Ghost oh mine that the people would look at them and couldn't understand what was going on with them they were drunk on a new wine why because they had caught the revelation of the word for the age they had caught the revelation of the word for the age and there was nothing that was going to shake them because these men and women had come face to face in contact with the maker himself. They have come face to face in contact with God. And as they've come face to face in contact with God, there is a fire that has started to burn within their soul. And you cannot quench it. It was just like a fire that had been set on a house on a winter day. You just couldn't blow it away. They were just being moved by the Holy Ghost. They were just being moved by God. They weren't moved by their intellect. They weren't moved by the emotion. But it was God and them that was doing the work. It was God and them that was moving. Oh, hallelujah. Nothing could hold them back. Nothing could stop them. Satan had tried all he could. All Satan's condition couldn't hold them back. It was out of gate beautiful the satan who put a man there just for mockery he puts this man at the gate of beautiful and we know this man is a lame man and is laying at the gate of beautiful and he's laying at the gate of beautiful and every morning he'll sit there and he will shake his little coin box and, and seek him for arms amen but it was one morning that he went to the same gate and he sat at the gate and little did he know that that morning was going to be the last time that he was going to shake his coin box little did he know that that morning was going to be the last time that he was going to be a crippled man oh come on church don't be quiet at home on me this evening it was the last time that he was going to be sitting in that place it was the last time that he was going to see his condition in that way because there were two men that were on their way that were filled oh, glory be to God there were two men that were on their way that were filled with the Holy Ghost oh hallelujah and they were on their way and as they were on their way I want you to notice they didn't have silver they didn't have gold but what they had was the power of God Oh, hallelujah. They had the power of God shut down in their bones. And nothing could hold them back. And as they got to this man, and as he sits there, and he stretched forth his hand, and with his box in his hand, and he says, silver and gold, I'm desiring off you. But he said, we don't have it. We don't have it. Friends, we don't have the goods of this world. We don't have riches. But it's one thing we've got. And that's what we want to give to you. Oh, what we've got is what we want to give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, you rise up and walk. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, you might be crippled in your situation and feel stagnant to this moment that it feels like you can't move on with God and, and you feel stuck in one place and, and you feel yourself going around in a circle. But I want you to know this evening 
Now there is Jesus. There are some people that is walking by you. There are some people that are knocking on your door. They haven't got money for with them. They haven't got silver with them. But what if God is the power of God? And he's coming in to say to you, you don't have to stay there crippled. You don't have to stay there bound. But you can rise up and walk. Oh, you can rise up in revelation. Oh, you just take that word. You can rise up. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. 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 And I believe that each and every one of us this day can recall in your lives the day they had a face-to-face revival with God. The day they met God on the backside of the desert. I believe each and every one of you can recall that day. And just as Moses, after he had met the Lord, and he set his face towards Egypt, and he was going to Egypt to take over. Hallelujah. And just as Moses was on his way to take over in Egypt, I believe, sir, there are some people this evening that have come face to face with the Lord. And they have set your face. And you're on the way to take over the enemy's camp. Amen. You're on your way to take over the enemy's camp. You say, how is that possible? Remembering that day, Egypt was a great army. Egypt was a great army, and the only thing that Moses had was a bush experience and a stick in his hand. The people looked at him, and they told Moses, how are you going to overcome with just a stick and a bit of experience that only you had? Oh, come on. It was an experience that only him had. No one was there. No one saw him, but he was there. He knew. He knew he met Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. He knew he met Jesus. And all he had on his hand was a stick. But he was going to take over. He was going to take over. I don't know. You can start making your steps to go and take over. If you've had a burning bush experience, you can start taking steps to go and take over. Oh, hallelujah. We are not going to listen to the voice of the critics as we make our way to Egypt. We are not going to listen to the voice of all, all the nonsense that is going on on the news as we make our way to Egypt. Whatever Egypt is holding, we're going to take it back because it is ours. As Egypt taking your children, we head and down to Egypt and we're going to bring them back home. Not with our hands, but because of what we've got inside, which is the Holy Ghost and the promise that's been given to us that each and every one of them is not our children, but it is God's children. Oh, hallelujah. You had it on Sunday evening. That is God's children. Satan has no business to do anything with them. You see, it was God's children that were bound in Egypt. It was God's children that were bound in Egypt. And Moses was sent to deliver God's children. And there's a message that's been sent on this age to deliver your children. Hallelujah. It's been sent to deliver your loved ones. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And so with these people filled with the Holy Ghost, as we go back to the book of Acts, and they're filled with the Holy Ghost, and they also set your face to go and preach the gospel. Amen. They set your face to go and preach the gospel. And you say, Satan, Satan didn't like that. Satan didn't like to see people going out and preaching the gospel. He didn't like to see a people who were getting in their position. 
He didn't like to see a people. Amen. He didn't like to see a people who were coming to authority. He didn't like to see a people who were getting to know who they really are. He didn't like to see it. And so what did he start to do? He started to bring threatenings upon them. He started to bring threatenings upon them. Trying to do what? Trying to stop them. Hallelujah. Trying to stop them. And so here they are and they're preaching the gospel. And, and what do they do? The, the, the Bible will say that they bind them and they held them overnight. And the next morning, they called the maid and all the council of the Sanhedrin, you know, just came together and, and they started to question them. And start to question them and start to ask them, boy, which power are you going out doing all these things? Boy, which power are you? Are you, are you going out and preaching this and doing all these things? And as they were speaking, oh man, I tell you, there was such a fire that was in the bones of two brothers. One was called Peter and the other one was called John. And as they sat there and they listened to these men and, and they just talking away and, and they just kind of trying to run down everything that the Lord Jesus Christ up and tell them. It came to the point that they just couldn't hold your peace anymore. And they said, we got something to say. We got some answers for you. And so let's go to Acts chapter 4 verse 13. Acts chapter 4 verse 13 now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John why because Peter and John I started to declare the truth of the word of God to them to say that the, the, the power by which we're doing this is by Jesus Christ of Nazareth whom you guys have crucified and he said and when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men the scripture said that they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. They noticed that these men have been with Jesus. Oh, I tell you, hell started to come to a realization to understand that the same son of man that they crucified has now come down in a many-membered body. Oh, hallelujah. He started to realize that his battle is not going to be against one man alone, but now it's a body. Hallelujah. It's a body that has come together as a mighty army. Oh, hallelujah. He's not warring against you, Jesus. He's warring against the bride. And they are an army that has been united. Has been united together under the word of God. Oh, hallelujah. They've been united together under the word of God. And that's what he's coming against. Oh, it is an army. He started to realize that the same one that headed down to hell and plucked up the keys of hell and the keys of death and keys of the grave. He is coming to a people. And friends, you know, he taught. You see, he taught the ones, the messenger of the Laodicean church age, the, the messenger of the last church age has gone off the scene. He taught that was all a beta. Oh, hallelujah. He thought that was all about him. But little did he know that there was the messenger that came. He brought a message. And the message he brought was Jesus Christ. It was the message of the Son of Man. It was a ministry that was going to continue after his departing. There was a message continue after his departing. And you are the one that has called to be carrying on that same message. And so now Satan's threatenings are against you. Now his threatenings are against you. 
because these railways, he thought it was void in one man, but now something has happened. The fire has spread away. The fire has spread over. Everything is just bubbling over. The people are just scattering here and there because they wanted to notice when they started to persecute them. As they went away, they kept on preaching the gospel. And the more they preached the gospel, the more the people got saved and more people rose up against the enemy. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, no matter what he does, nothing is going to stop him. Actually, what he was doing was doing nothing but losing her. Amen. He was doing nothing but losing her. And now there are so many people that are on the loose. There are so many people that are on the loose. There are preachers that are on the loose. Oh, there are songwriters that are on the loose. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, there are people that are on the loose. There are people who have been healed of cancer. They're on the loose. Oh, Satan, you thought you were going to bang them with it. They are on the loose to declare that cancer is not enough to stop this pride. Oh, glory be to God that nothing can stop her. There are people that are on the loose, Satan. Oh, my. There are mothers that are on the loose. Oh, in a age where mother, motherhood has been destroyed, there are true mothers that are on the loose. In a age the fatherhood has been destroyed, there are true fathers that are on the loose. In a age the young people have been completely destroyed, there are young people that are on the loose. Oh, come on, young people. There are young people that are on the loose to declare that God is still alive, that God is still God. Oh, Satan, you thought you had them. Your threatenings have done nothing but just bring them to their position. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, my. You see, that was exactly what he was trying to do to the children of Israel. As they were in bondage in Egypt. As they were in bondage in Egypt, what was he doing? He was starting to afflict them. The scripture was saying, Exodus 1 verse 12. He said, but the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. Oh, glory. And the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. Oh, friends, I tell you, the affliction of the enemy was not coming to diminish them. But what it was bringing was a multiplication and a growth. Oh, no matter what he does, we are just going to multiply and we're going to grow. And we're not just going to grow in stature, but we're going to grow in revelation. To know who really we are. Oh, friends, when Satan brings his affliction on you, you're not supposed to be diminishing faith. You're not supposed to be diminishing your courage. You're not supposed to be diminishing your confidence. But what it's supposed to do is to bring a multiplication. It's to bring a growth. Because the affliction of Satan is nothing but a tool in God's hands to bring you to your position. To mold your character and make you ready to receive more revelation. That's what the affliction of Satan 
That's what this affliction does. Amen. You see, friends, the more sickness Satan put on us, the more faith we have for a resurrection power. Amen. Because sickness is the proof that there is resurrection. Oh, friends, the more he makes the world uncomfortable for us to leave him, the more desire we have for a body change. Amen. The more he does, the more we grow. You see, he took on Job. See, he took on Job and, and he started to afflict Job. And he afflicted Job. And he took away Job's cattle. And he took away Job's children. And he took away Job's health. And you know what he started to do? He started to threaten Job that he was going to take away his life. Oh, but little did Job know that before all the afflictions started, there was a testimony service that went on in heaven. Oh, that Jesus was having a conversation oh, with Satan. Oh, come on. He was having a conversation with Satan. And he was telling Satan that, Satan, you have no right. You have no right to touch Job's life. But you see, he came and he was threatening Job that he was going to take his life. But in reality, he had no permission to touch Job's life. Oh, hallelujah. He had no authority to touch Job's life. Oh, but he would come to you and he would threaten you. But in reality, he had no, he has no position. He had no authority to do so. Yeah, hallelujah. He has no authority to do so. He may afflict you and he may tell you you're never going to come out of your situation because that was what he was telling Job. You're never going to come out, Job. This is the end of you. Even Job's wife came to him and said, Job, why don't you curse God and die? Because you seem to have no more hope, Job. Oh, my. You might be sitting in your home this evening and, and Satan has been telling you that you have no more hope and, and that's all that about you and, and that's the end of your road and that's the end of revivals in your life and, and that's the end of deliverance in your life and, and that's the end of freedom in your life and, and he's been telling you all that. I want you to know that there's a testimony service that has gone on about you in heaven and God has declared unto Satan, oh come on, he's declared unto Satan that he has no right. Hallelujah. He has no right to keep you in that position. Oh, but there is a, there is a restoration that is on its way a coming. Oh, you know, Job sat there and it came a point that the God who was in heaven and, and Satan has tried all his tricks and has done all that he could do. Uh, and God just said to Satan, well, you push over for a moment because I want to show you some few things, Satan. I've given you a whole bunch of time and you've done all that you can do. Okay, that's very good. But now you watch me. You watch me get into the scene. You watch me get into battle now. And let's see how much power you've got, Satan, to be able to withstand me oh hallelujah and so he came down and he started to have a conversation with Job and he started to speak to Job and he said Job I want to ask you some few questions Job where were you when I laid the foundation of the world Job had no answer to that and he asked him a whole lot of questions and I'll put some of that man and he said who's the one who put a son up Job had no answer he said, Job, who's the one who turns it at a certain way? Job had no answer. He said, Job, who told the sea that it can only go this far? Job had no answer. 
He was trying to declare to Job, Job, there's something greater than what you're going through. And God is trying to declare to you this evening that there's something greater than what you're going through. Hallelujah. He said there's something greater than that, Job. And he asked him all these questions and Job didn't have an answer. And he said, Job, don't you worry. There's restoration on his way. Oh, hallelujah. And I tell you, when God is restoring, he restores in good measure, pressed down, he's shaken together, running over. That's the way he restores. Because all that Job lost, he gave it back to him in a double portion. Oh, hallelujah. And I tell you, I don't know what situation you're in, but I want you to know that Jesus is coming on you scene. You might be in the shoes of Job. Hallelujah. You might be in the shoes of Job, and you might have lost your job. You might be in the shoes of Job, and you might have lost your health. You might be in the shoes of Job, and your children are idle out in the world or somewhere. I want you to know that Jesus is coming this evening to have a little talk with you. Oh, hallelujah. He's come to have a little talk with you. And he's got some questions for you. Who laid the foundations of the world? You tell me. Tell me, church, who laid it down? Who created you in the first place? Oh, hallelujah. Who predestinated you to be in this age? Oh, hallelujah. See, you were born to know all things. Oh, but Satan have been trying to hide it away from you. But your maker has come down to give you some revelation. Oh, come on, church. He's come down to give you some revelation to tell you that I am in control and not Satan. Oh, glory. I am in control and not Satan. He gives some feeling to declare to you this evening that he's the one that is in control and not Satan. Oh, hallelujah. You know, sometimes he may just hide his face for a little while. You see, just about the time that Israel was going to be restored, Isaiah would talk about it on Isaiah 54, 7 to 8. Isaiah would speak and he would say, for a small moment, have I forsaken thee? But with great mercies will I gather thee. Is that in a little rot I hid my face from thee for a moment? But with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, saith the Lord, thy Redeemer. That is your promise. For a little moment he might have hid his face from you. For a little moment, he must have allowed the enemy to come on the scene and, and trouble you a little bit and shake you a little bit. But he's on his way. Oh, friends, he's on his way. You see, he was Lazarus. He was in the home of Lazarus. Oh, hallelujah. He was in the home of Lazarus. Oh, something happened. You know, Satan came in and, and took Lazarus off the scene. Because you see, God is never the one that actually kills or the one that lets you go. But he actually hands you over to Satan. And Satan is the one that takes your life. Because God doesn't take man's life. And so here in that home, and, and now here is, is Lazarus, and, and he's dead. Oh my, he's dead, and here they are. For a little moment, the Lord had hid his face from that family. They had called on him, but he just kept on walking away. He was not coming. He kept on walking away. But you know, one time, there was a lady in there by the name of Martha. 
And it must have been one morning as, as Martha, you know, as the morning was, was kind of rising up and was dawning and, and, and they were all in the room and, and perhaps the room must have been dark. And the room was filled with sorrow. And the room was filled with grief. Because Lazarus is dead. The threatens is upon them. Perhaps they were thinking we are going to lose the home. Because Lazarus the breadwinner is dead. What is going to be about us? As Martha rose up in grief and in sorrow. She walked to the window. As the morning was coming and, and as the sun was rising. And she went and she opened the window for some of the SUN to shine into the room. And as she opened the window, she started to hear some voices of some conversation of people that were just passing by. And he heard someone say that Jesus is in town. Oh, mine. She heard someone say that Jesus has come to town. The Lazarus is dead for four days, but there was something in Martha. Oh, come on, there was something in Martha that started to rise up and he said, What? Jesus is in town? Oh, I tell you, Lazarus, Martha forgot about the breakfast. Martha forgot about getting prepared because Jesus had come to town. And Martha took off and she ran to meet Jesus. Oh, she ran to meet Jesus. And I want you to notice. Although all this had happened, but Martha's faith had not been shaken. Martha has had all the threatenings, but her faith had not been shaken. John eleven twenty one. 21. It said, then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. Oh, mine. Four days that he's dead. Many days ago, they've been calling on Jesus. He never showed up. That may be you this evening. For many days, you've been calling on Jesus and asking him to come on the scene. And he's never showed up. And all you've been hearing is the threatenings of the enemy. Threatening you that you're going to lose your job. Threatening you that that is going to be you for the next couple of years. And threatening you of this. And threatening you of that. But I want you to know this evening that Jesus is in town. Jesus is in town. Listen to Martha. He said, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother would not have died. But now listen to what she said. She said, but I know Hallelujah. This wasn't a revelation that was given to Mary. This was a revelation that was given to Martha. It was revealed to her. She knew. And you know when the threatenings of the enemy is coming, you must be know. You must be sure of where you were standing. He said, but I know that even now, oh, hallelujah, she wasn't expecting something to happen in a week's time. Oh, she wasn't expecting for the time that the restrictions were going to be lifted up, that I was going to be able to come back to church. Oh, he, she wasn't waiting for that. He said, even now, even this moment in my house, even now, oh, come on, church. He said, even now. Oh, hallelujah. It doesn't matter. Even now, Jesus has come to town. Even now. It was a personal revelation to her. 
even now, whatsoever thou will ask God, God will give it to thee. Oh, friends, hallelujah. Remember at that moment, Jesus was the one that was doing the speaking. But he said at the moment that he leaves, he's going to send the comforter. And the comforter that comes, he's the one that's going to teach us all tense. Hallelujah. And he's going to be the one that is going to intercede in prayer. Amen. He's going to be the spirit that is going to speak for us. Even now, you don't have to wait for the next service. Even now. Jesus has come to your home even now you had it on Friday at the young people about when he comes in your room and he's come there this evening even now even now what does you desire even now oh hallelujah you don't have to wait it is even now Oh, even now, whatever you desire, you ask the Lord and see him come on the scene. John 14, 13 says, whatever thou wilt ask me in my name, that will I do. For the glory for my, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Whatever you ask, even now. Oh, you don't have to wait for the next short service. You don't have to wait for the next revival. You don't have to wait for the next special meeting. But even now. Even now, whatever you ask him, he's willing to do. Hallelujah. Let's go back to the book of Acts. Let's go back to the disciples for a moment. And here they are, and they're sitting there, and they've been threatened, and, and they've told them never to preach this word anymore in the name of Jesus Christ. And now they've let them go. They've let them go. Hallelujah. Actually, wait a minute. Let's step back for a little while. Here they are, and they're talking to them, and they're telling them not to preach, not to preach anymore in the name of Jesus. And Peter had, and Peter and John had something to say about that. Oh, my. I don't know what Satan is telling you, but you got something to say about it this evening. Oh, hallelujah. You got something to say about it this evening. If you don't know what to say, I've got something for you that you can tell the enemy. He said, but Peter and John answered and said unto them, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than to hearken unto God, you judge ye. Right now in this moment, I don't know what is better in the sight of the enemy for us to listen to his threatenings or to listen to the word of God. Amen. What is more, what is more important for us to do right now? There is a word that is going forth right now. He's brought threatenings. But what are we supposed to do? He said, we, whether it be right for us to do so, we're going to listen to God. We're not going to listen to you. We're going to carry on with the same fire that has been given to us by the Lord Jesus Christ. We are not retreating. We are not turning back. But we are going all the way. Because we have made our decision that we are going all the way. We've already crossed the line of deliverance. And we're not turning back. We just can't go back to Sam. We can't go back to depression. We can't go back to anxiety. We can't go back to fear anymore because we have crossed the line. We are not going back and we are going to listen to the Lord and we are going to listen to his word. Amen. He will continue to say, he will continue to say in verse 20, For we cannot but speak the tongues which we have seen and heard. 
I tell you, this bride has got nothing to say but what she has seen and heard. She has had the word, and that's the only thing that she can say. Because the word of God would defeat the enemy at any place, at any time, at anywhere, in any condition. And that's the only thing that she can speak. It's the word of God. Hallelujah. I tell you, these disciples, they couldn't speak anything else but the word of God. They couldn't speak anything else but the revelation that was given to them in that age. And after they declared that to them, they walked away. They said, you can go. Oh, mine. Well, I want you to notice the attitude here. They have been threatened. And they have been let go. And I want you to know what they started to do. As they've been threatened and they've been let go. You know, one time, they remembered the experience they had at Pentecost. It was a good experience. They knew that. It was a good foundation for them. And they had left that experience and they had been threatened. And when they were threatened, they weren't forgetting that experience, but they were going in for more of that. Oh, hallelujah. When they were threatened, they were going in for more of it. Friends, we're living in a time that Satan has united his powers and has united all his evil works together. But I want you to know one time, we are going in for more of the power that we received in the first place. We are going in for more of the Holy Ghost. We are going in for more of revelation. Oh, hallelujah. We are not retreating, but we are going in for more. Oh, you know, one time when they told him about that, Hallelujah, when they told them about that, they went in and they were desiring more. Amen. You see, it had been good at that time, what they had, but they knew that there was more of God that they could have. Amen. Amen. Let's go to Acts 4.23. And it said, I'm being let go. They went to their own company and reported all, all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And notice what they did. And one day at had that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. But I had just before the service was speaking and was talking about unity. He was talking about the importance of us being in one spirit. Even at this time, while we are in separate homes, friends, there is power in unity. There is power and unity. You see, the reason why Satan has been able to do all that he's doing in the world and to bring the world on his knees is because he has been united. You see, Jesus would talk about it when he was preaching, when he was on the same. And he would say that if Satan's kingdom be devoided, it cannot stand. And all along, Satan has not been devoided. But what has the bride done? What has the bride done that devoted himself and the creeds and that and the earth? But there is a people. Oh, hallelujah. There is a people that stayed with the truth. And you are those people. And it is time for those people to start to unite together. It is time to unite together. It doesn't matter if you're in your home on the north and you're in the home on the west and you're in the home on the east, you're in the home on the south. There is one spirit. Oh, hallelujah. We believe in one message. We've got one word. We've got one spirit. We've got one God. Hallelujah. And we ought to be united with that one spirit and that one God. There is power in unity. Satan cannot stand when we come together. 
When we're united together in prayer, when we're united together and pulling on the word, when we're united together in a home, there's one thing I cannot stand, and that is unity. Hallelujah. And as they came together, they started to say, Why did I hate and rage? And why did I imagine a faint hand? Quoting back what David had said. But I had, I think, spoke to you today and was saying that was the fulfillment of the prophecy of what David had said. That was the moment that was fulfilled. The hatings were raging. All these things were happening. But there were a people that had purpose in their heart that they were going to get in unity. So you know what they did? They called a conference. They said, we need a conference here, brethren. We need to get together. We've had an experience of Pentecost, and it was great. You know, God has been moving in our midst, service after service, and it's been really good. But when we look at the threatenings of the enemy, the battle ahead is going to be even stronger. The battle ahead is going to be even harder. And what we need to do, brethren, we need to unite together because the enemy has united all his forces and is coming against us. But we've got a word of promise that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We've got a greater promise that he's never going to leave us, neither is he ever going to forsake we've got a greater promise that he's going to be with us all the way as we go so friends we need to call the conference we need to call the conference and we need to get more of God in our souls we need to get more of the Holy Ghost in us because the battle ahead is even harder oh hallelujah I tell you people you at home the battle from now on is not going to get easier it's going to get harder the persecution of Satan is not going to relent it's going to be harder I don't mean to scare you but I just mean to tell you the truth because that is what has been prophesied for this last age it is the darkest age it is the most wicked age but in the midst of it it's a people that have been filled with the Holy Ghost in the midst of them, it's a people. Oh, hallelujah! It's a people that have got God in them. Oh, hallelujah! Let them say what they want. But one of these days, they tell you they are going to call you God, not because you have chosen, but because God has chosen you. Oh, come on, church! Hallelujah! Because He has chosen you. Oh, hallelujah! One of these days, oh, one of these days. Oh, they're going to be looking for you, and they're not going to find you. Oh, there is a people that have been set loose and live this year, and you cannot stop them. There is a fire that is burning in your soul, that you cannot stop it. Oh, hallelujah. And you are one of them. Satan must have been threatening you, but I tell you, you weren't born to be shaken. You weren't born to be shaken and live this year. You were born to stand and live this year. You weren't born to be distressed in Laodicea. You were born to be an overcomer in Laodicea. God put you here for a purpose. Brother Brown was speaking, having a conference, Chautauqua 1960. He was so they all, they all got together and they knelt down. He said, like we ought to do tonight. That's right. All kneeled down and said, Lord, why did the hate and rage and the people imagine a vain time? Said, said truly against thy holy child Jesus and said, O Lord, give us power and boldness to stretch out his holy hands to heal the sick. They was holding a conference and they was waiting for their returns. See, they didn't just call the conference to just get together and just talk about the word and just be there and just, just walk away. They got in a conference and they were waiting for the returns. They got into a conference with an expectation. 
Oh, hallelujah. I tell you, when the children of Israel, on that day, when the dead angel was coming to pass, you see, they got together, and they killed the lamb, and they did all that they could do, and they put the blood upon the post and upon the lentil, and they got in there with an expectation that their firstborn was going to leave. They got in there with an expectation, and these men got in there with an expectation that they were going to receive more of the Holy Ghost, with an expectation that God was going to give them boldness in this last age. But the problem said, waiting for the returns, and just about that time, notice that, it said, and just about that time, the returns come from heaven. And it said, and when it did, power filled the place and shook the building where they were assembled together. And they spoke the word of God with boldness and preached divine healing until the last one of them was dead. Oh, until they were dead, they had on the word. Oh, they didn't turn away from them. They preached the gospel until they died. And we're going to stand by this message until we die or until the rapture take place. We are not going to turn away from it. Oh, hallelujah. But we are right here and we are holding a conference and we are waiting for the returns of them. Oh, we are waiting for the return of a body change. Oh, hallelujah. We are waiting for the return of healing. We are waiting for the return of deliverance. We're waiting for the return of restoration oh come on church that is what we are waiting for we haven't had a conference just to be together and just to talk about the token but we've come together oh to deploy the token to see it into action oh hallelujah let a dead angel pass we are under the blood Satan you cannot touch them oh glory be to God you cannot touch them Oh, hallelujah. Oh, how many are ready for a conference this evening? May the musicians come. How many are ready for a conference this evening? Oh, friends, we're coming for a conference because we're waiting for our returns. We're waiting for returns. You've heard about the boots. We're living in the season of the boots. Oh, hallelujah. It is a season where you go into the boots and Satan is wondering what is going on in the boots. Oh, hallelujah. We might be shut in our homes and Satan is wondering what is going on in their homes. What are they doing in their homes? Oh, friends, I tell you, Satan may not know what is going on in the boot, but I tell you, he's going to recognize us when we come out of the boot. Hallelujah. Because you see, that tent vision, you see, they went in. Nobody knew what happened in there. But when they came out, they were different. They weren't the same anymore. Friends, we are going in into the Word. We are going in into this message. We are digging deeper into it. And we may be in our homes. We may be shooting with restriction or whatever it is. But I tell you, when we come out of there, we are not going to be the same. I tell you, that is more determination. Let them bring restriction. Let them bring whatever it wants. But I am going to be sure them as you had on Friday in that room and I'm going to wait for Jesus to come because I know when Jesus come something happens when Jesus come the impossible is made possible when Jesus come that the sick has been healed when Jesus come the parent is set free when Jesus come oh hallelujah when Jesus come he makes the difference when he comes he makes the difference I don't know you, but why don't you stand on your feet in your home this evening? Why don't you start to have a conference with him? You can play something for us, Sister Kezia. Why don't you start to have a conference with the Lord this evening? What has been the threatenings of the enemy?
What does he come and threatening you about? I'm telling you about. We are threatened, but not shaken. We knew that we were going to be threatened. We knew that all this was going to happen. But we have a sure word of promise that we are not going to be shaken. And we want to enter into that boat this evening. We want to go into that boat for a moment. I want to talk it over with the Lord. Because Jesus is a come to town. Jesus is a come to have a conversation with you. He wants to talk to you about your situation. He wants to say that you have come with restoration. You have come to give the increase. Paul was saying in 2 Corinthians 4, 8 to 10. He said we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. He said we are perplexed, but not despaired. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always burn a bait in the body. The dying of the Lord Jesus, the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. How many are desiring that? We might be distressed. You might be persecuted. You might be perplexed. You might be cast down. But I want you to know you're not going to be destroyed. You're not going to be forsaken. But you just get in that boat with him for a moment. And just talk it over with him. Hold a conference with him. Jesus is coming to town. He's come to restore. He's come to give a double portion. I tell you, when they got in there and they started to pray. Oh, I tell you, they said that the building shook. The building of your house is going to shake. And I'm not talking about the four walls around you. But I'm talking about the temple that the God is living in. I'm talking about the body that has been holding you down. The battle that has been in your mind. I'm talking about that. That is what is going to be shaken this evening. All the doubts are going to be shaken. All the fears are going to be shaken. Because Jesus has come. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, praise be his name. Oh, hallelujah. Shall we sing that song? He's in the house. That has to flee this evening. He's come. He showed up. He's come to show up, friends. Let's sing that to him as we invite Brother Ed to come. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you richly. Sing it with your heart. Little girl was lying there, people all were weeping. They just laughed at Jesus when he said she's only sleeping. As he took her by the hand, she began to live again. Some began to pray. Open your home this evening. 